Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So go get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hi guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to episode two of True Paranormal, the podcast. Coming at you live from Cleveland, Ohio, right off the shores of wonderful Lake Erie. Sorry if I sound a little excitable today, guys. I just had lunch, and did you know, it being the week after Halloween, that you could make lunch out of nothing but Tootsie Rolls, Reese's Cups, and Smarties? There's literally no one enforcing this, and especially with my wife not being home, I had at it. And as we tell you guys, it's a great feeling. Kids, don't try this at home. We've got some great stories lined up for you guys today, so let's get right to it. Our first story today comes from Catherine, and she's entitled it, A Very Haunted House. We moved to Aaron, Tennessee in 2004. I was only 12 years old. We stayed there until 2008. The house wasn't very big, but it was three stories tall, the bottom layer being our basement. There wasn't any floor in the basement, just some dirt and lime. It led upstairs to our laundry room, which then led to the kitchen. The kitchen led to a small room, which just had a bed and a computer, and the kitchen also led to the hallway, which one way led to the living room, and the other to the bathroom, and across the hallway there was the parents' bedroom. There were no doors, just openings, except to the bathroom and my parents' room. The computer room had stairs with a door which led up to my brother's room, and then to my room. We have never heard of any type of hauntings about the house, but it started with simply hearing footsteps upstairs when nobody was home. My mom was telling me about it, and we have all heard it. The longer we lived there, the worse it got. But it seemed that I saw and heard things a lot more than my family, and I felt very alienated and depressed. Twice I would see a man walk from the computer room to the kitchen. One time, I just saw his shadow, but the outline of the shadow was more defined and not blurry. I remember him having wiry, crazy-looking hair and a big nose. The second time I saw him, I was coming downstairs, which led to the bedroom, and I saw an actual person. But it was a quick glance, and I thought maybe it was my stepdad. I went to go look for my stepdad and saw that he was sitting on the couch. I never got any really bad vibes about that one, but upstairs I always did. My room, especially. Honestly, sometimes I wonder if it was maybe a demon haunting my room. It started with vivid dreams of something invisible, either throwing me across the room or choking me. Or one time I had a dream that I was in the shower and hands pushed me through the curtains and strangled me. And one night, I had a dream about a demon with a ragged overcoat, with grayish-brown, wrinkly hands and glowing yellow eyes. I don't know if it meant anything, but it freaked me out. I would get scared sleeping in my room, so I would turn my Christian station on my radio loud and slept with the light on, but sometimes the radio would change away from that station. So I started sleeping on the couch downstairs because it scared me too much and 
I just always had this horrible feeling in my room. I tried telling my mom, but she just thought I was full of crap. It made me into a depressed, angry kid, which I'm sure my negative energy probably didn't help the situation. One day, my little brother, who slept in the room next to me along with my older brother, told me that he went into my room and he saw a shadow go past him going into my room, and as he walked into my room, the light bulb busted. My mom thought it was just an excuse to get out of trouble for breaking the light bulb. And another time, he told me he was taking a bath and he thought he saw me staring at him through the curtain, but when he opened it, no one was there, and he ran out, freaking. And it made me think back to my dream. Eventually, I got to the point where I would be home alone, hanging out in the living room, and sometimes at night I would hear these loud whispers coming from the kitchen. I couldn't understand what they were saying, as if it wasn't in English. I would pray, and then they would go away. Oh, I meant to mention earlier, anytime something strange would happen, it would happen at night. But one day, my mom let me stay home from school to do some house cleaning, and it was just me and her. She left to go to the store, and not long after she left, I was in the bathroom and I heard the voices again. This time, though, it was daytime. I sat on the floor and prayed for them to go away, but this time they didn't. I heard the voices coming from the kitchen, and I could hear them getting louder and closer to me. I finally jolted out of the front door and stayed outside for a while. I got the courage to finally come in, and I turned on the TV very loud and just sat still on the couch, terrified, waiting for my mom to get home. When she did, she yelled at me for not cleaning, and when I tried to explain to her, she just told me it was a big excuse for not cleaning. Well, I cracked, and I just went off on my mom for not believing me, and we both got into this huge fight. After that, nothing really happened until we were moving out. We had everything out, and we're just doing some last-minute cleaning. Now, I didn't get to witness this, but my mom and little brother told me how they went into the kitchen to grab the broom, and it was standing up all by itself in the middle of the floor. Not leaning on anything, nothing around it. They just stared at it for a couple of seconds, and when they went to touch it, it flopped over. I don't know what was in our house or why, but I had the feeling it wasn't a good spirit. Now, this wasn't the only time I've encountered the paranormal. I had experienced my sophomore year in high school. There's a church that has a burnt-down schoolhouse beside it, and me and my friend would explore it at night because we had heard it had a kind of past to it. And where there's a past, there's a haunting. It had two main rooms. One had a platform stage thing, and the other was just a big empty room. The wall that separated the rooms had a big opening, like maybe where a huge window could go, so we could see clearly into the other room. We were sitting on the platform one night talking, and I looked into the next room. There was a piece of the ceiling hanging down, and something was strange about it. I don't know why, but it kind of drew my attention. So I took a picture of it with my camera and didn't really see anything. My friend took it and took a picture, and then in front of the part of the ceiling I was looking at, there was an orb. Now, I don't think it was just a silly dust particle, because when we zoomed in with my camera, one, you could see through it, and two there was a face in it. Well, we ran out and never went back, but I still have that picture to this day. Wow. Thank you, Catherine, for sharing that story. I really, really appreciate it. Now, while I don't personally put a whole lot of stock into pictures of orbs specifically, 
uh, there are a lot of people who do. The reason I don't put a whole lot of stock into them is just because there are so many other things that could be causing orbs to appear. What does make a difference, though, is like in your experience, when you have a picture where you have one shot where there's clearly nothing there, and then the next moment you take a shot and there's a very clear orb in it, a lot of times that is legitimate. Also, if you see uh, videos of orbs, dust particles, things like that, have a specific movement to them. If you see something that's a single particle and it's moving erratically or, or it seems to have a purpose with its movement, a lot of times that's legitimate. But again, it's so hard to tell one way or the other that it's really up to the personal judgment of whoever is looking at that picture as to whether or not it is legitimate paranormal or whether it's something pretty much explainable. As far as the other episodes in your house, I would say that your dreams a lot of times will tie into whatever activity is possibly going on there. And it looks like this was the case with you. Uh, a lot of times we will have communications when we're dreaming that we don't necessarily tie into when we're conscious. And that seemed to be what was happening in your house, especially if the things that you dreamed about tied into experience that, that other folks in the house had later on. So that's kind of a little bit disturbing, but I'm glad that you got out of that house and I'm glad that you are all doing well now. Again, thanks for sharing your stories. Our next story comes from Chris and he has entitled it, The Dark Thing in the Night. When I was living with my ex in Alabama, we shared a house with our parents. Glorious, I know, but after a run of bad luck, we were both out of work, so what were we to do? The house was not particularly old, having been built fairly recently. It sat on the edge of a farm that rotated out corn and wheat and other things during the time of my stay. This was on the edge of the city, where there were still street lights, but far enough away that the houses were few and far between like in the country. There were no kids in the area that were younger than the age of 14. Despite this, my ex and her sister, who also still lived at home, swore up and down that they would occasionally and briefly hear the sound of small children playing outside. I didn't believe this until I heard it myself many months later. I was laying down on the bed and I had gotten too comfy in the middle of the afternoon and it was in that stage between being awake and being asleep. Then I heard them, clear as day. It was a quick giggle from a little girl and it came from the other side of the bedroom wall. While it was loud and clear, it still sounded like it had to work its way to penetrate the wall. The giggle was excited and was not used maliciously. It sounded as if a game of tag or something had just erupted, and the person to be tagged giggle shrieked and started running. I am certain that this was not the start of some dream, as the sound was so sudden and clear that it snapped me awake and out of that pre-sleep stage where you begin to lose consciousness. Snapping too, I went outside and surveyed the flatland around the house and the field behind us. If there had been kids playing, they would not have been able to dash out of sight in any direction before I went outside to have a look around. Sometime after that, my ex, her baby, and I were asleep in the bed. This bed mine was basically a mattress and a box spring that was pushed against the corner of the room, opposite of the door, in order to maximize space in the tiny room. Our TV was propped on a makeshift stand, a.k.a. the box it came in, against the wall past the foot of the bed. There was maybe four and a half feet of space between the bed and it. I woke up to an odd sensation, being pulled towards the foot of the bed. It was very soft and subtle dragging motion, 
but it was not one long and continuous drag. It came in lengths of about a foot and a half or so. The first pull woke me up, and I was in denial that it was anything but a dream. In that instant, I realized my head was not on my pillow. The second pull cemented it for me. I was being pulled. Something had a gentle but definite grasp on my calves just below the knee. Adrenaline shot through me like a bolt of lightning, and I began searching for what was pulling me towards the foot of the bed. I expected a person, perhaps my ex's father or mother, or worst case, a home invader, but still something person-sized or shaped. Therefore, what I saw was not shaped by a dreaming mind filled with expectations of the supernatural. The room was very dimly lit by a streetlight that filtered in through a window high up and near the foot of the bed. It permitted finding the bathroom at night or tending to the baby without being disruptive to anyone else's sleep. In this case, though, it provided just enough illumination that I could see the thing at the foot of the bed. It was as if it were cut out of the darkness, an outline almost, but I could see that the darkness had depth and form. It was powerfully built, with forearms larger than my thigh. I could make out the details of its silhouette, wings that were folded in behind it, horns, a beast-like head, although the face was not clear. I could see no eyes. The silhouette of the head was far from human. The head itself came to a stop roughly a foot below the ceiling, and the horns themselves nearly touched it. Before I could think further, the thing pulled me for a third and final time. I was so close to the thing now that it had to fold my legs up, one on either side of its broad chest. What it would have done after that, I do not know, but it was certainly a compromising position to say the least. Out of panic, I drew my legs back and out of its grip into my own chest. The sudden movement seemed to surprise it as I slipped through its fingers rather easily and kicked both out at the creature, hoping to knock it off balance and get away, although I'm not sure where I would have gone. To my surprise, I connected with nothing. My legs went clean through the creature. It didn't vanish immediately, but rather splashed in all directions and swirled about, as if I had disturbed a dense black fog. The same fog then seemed to settle rather quickly with the darkness around it. My kick, having connected with nothing, fell through space, and ended with my feet planted firmly on the floor, the bed supporting me only halfway up my back. I was hanging off the bed another inch or two and I would have likely had slidden off entirely and been a heap on the floor. Panicked, I kicked my way up to the head of the bed, but I could still feel that there was something in the room watching me. This persisted for a few minutes and then I felt the damn thing depart. It was like a veil being lifted. I went from feeling eyes to feeling nothing in an instant. As soon as I felt it was safe, I tried to rationalize the experience. Touching the floor cemented it for me that this had been no dream. Try it. Just lay in bed and drag yourself downward. Hard to do, huh? Now imagine doing that in your sleep. Wouldn't the effort be both immediately obvious and wake you? This thing was so gentle that I feel it was almost happenstance that I was able to wake up on the first pull. And even then I was in denial that it had occurred and was about to go back to sleep. The fact that I physically touched the floor at the bottom of the bed after having gone to sleep originally in a normal position at the head of the bed cements it for me that this was no dream. I've tried to debunk it since. I did research on sleep paralysis, but it just didn't seem to match. I never felt paralyzed. Scared, yes but the thought of movement didn't occur until after the second pull when I realized that this was not a drill. First pull, denial. 
Second pull, adrenaline and taking in information. Third pull, attack. Note, these happen maybe a second or so apart. Imagine trying to drag in a 180-pound sack. Even if it wasn't alive, you'd have to do one pull at a time, right? Just sort of drag it? Now imagine it's asleep, and you're trying not to wake it up. Now how would you pull it? This thing looked like it could have yanked me clean out of bed with one hand if it wanted to, yet it was pulling in increments. This showed intent and intelligence. Further sleep paralysis tends to be recurring. I've only had this happen once. While there are sensations of movement often associated with sleep paralysis, when the sufferer wakes, they're generally where they originally went to sleep. You wake up where you were. You don't wake up hanging halfway off the foot of the bed. I firmly believe that something pulled me. What it wanted, I don't know. Though, given my position at the end of that third pull, it scares me to think about it. I'm a guy, and this thing clearly was too, based on its build and the position it was put me in. Again, this shows intent and intelligence. Wow! Chris, that was absolutely an incredible story. Couple things on it. Uh, first off, that was an amazing experience that you had. Um, the fact that you went through the trouble of trying to debunk it says a lot that you actually went and studied uh, phenomena sleep paralysis which we'll probably get into in a different show but your uh, analysis of sleep paralysis was pretty spot on uh, and I appreciate that information in there and it shows that you know you're not just trying to say oh well this is something that attacked me you're actually trying to figure out okay what could it have been what could it have been in my brain uh, well, I wasn't dreaming I wasn't experiencing a phenomenon where it's a kind of a border amorphous line between being asleep and being awake this is actually something that physically happened to me so that uh that says a lot right there the giggling the little girls uh the black figure uh everything that you wrote about speaks towards this being a demonic attack which is a whole other level of haunting that I have personally been investigating since I was originally an investigator. It's an incredible area of interest to me, and it's an incredible area of research. So we're going to get into that more in the later shows, but I, right now I really appreciate the story that you sent, and I'm hoping that you guys got out of that house and that everyone is safe and sound. Again, Chris, thanks for sharing. Our last story of the night comes from Jenny, and she has entitled it Haunted House Terror. Okay, Jenny, let's see what you sent us. Before anything, I would like to take a moment to say our house was built by my grandfather, who died before I was born. So the house is fairly new, and the only death I know of was my grandfather, when he died of a heart attack in the shower. It all started when I was eight years old, and I was babysitting my six-year-old cousin. We were playing a computer game, and of course, being our age, we had small fights during the game. My mother and our grandma weren't expected to be home for a few more hours, and our basement was practically hollow, so any sounds upstairs loud enough like a door or footsteps could be heard from where we sat. At the time, all we did have down there was a computer and a couch on which we sat, with a dark closet a few feet away and a stack of board games on the other side. We were giggling about something after a small fight we had about a dress on the game when a raspy, strained voice called our names. Freezing, we both slowly turned our heads to look at each other, and I had a feeling she had heard it also. At the time, my cousin wasn't a good liar, but as she aged, she became a little more secretive. 
Anyway, we only hesitated for maybe just a moment before we jumped from the couch and started to run towards the stairs, my cousin running right in front of me. As we ran, deranged laughter echoed from the dark closet. About halfway up the steps, my cousin suddenly came to a stop, leaving me to pitch forward, missing her by an inch. Without thinking, I got right back up and ran the rest of the way until I reached the top. Forgetting about my cousin, I just sat in the living room couch and cried until my mother and our grandmother came home. After they arrived and comforted me, we went back down the stairs to find my cousin lying on the floor, her eyes open and staring at us. She didn't move or speak until my mother ran down the stairs and picked her up, which she later told me she had passed out from a fright after seeing bloodshot eyes watching us run away. I understand my cousin might be lying, but I believe her after the way she shook and burst out in tears when she told me what she had seen. The second incident was when I was ten, playing with my stuffed kitten in my closet. My closet consisted of only clothes and a few stuffed animals, but other than that it was large, but wasn't so big that it matched the size of my room. Playing in solitude while my grandmother made dinner in the kitchen, I heard most of what she was doing, being that only a door separated my room with the kitchen. When she was done, I heard her walk into the living room, but then all sound was lost. If a noise ranged away from my room, it became inaudible the further it gets. Now alone, I talked to my imaginary friend that I had named Marble, because of the shiny and colorful bags of marbles that sat on my dresser across the room. After a moment of talking to Marble inside my head, loud, heavy footsteps sounded above my head where the attic was. The attic hadn't been touched since my grandfather had built the house, due to reasons that the door had been sealed off after he died which we never knew why. Standing up, I now whispered frantically to Marble, imagining in my head that she told me to grab the stuffed cat and run into the living room. Taking her made-up advice, I clutched the cat in my hand while I darted out of the room into the living room where I told my grandmother what had happened, but left out that I had talked to Marble. All she told me was to stay in the living room, and I said nothing but listened to her. I still wonder to this day what my cousin had seen in the closet, and why my grandmother had offered nothing other than telling me to stay in the living room. Did my grandmother know who it was clomping around upstairs? Did my cousin possibly see an attacker tormenting us? Another question left me scared. When I had imagined Marble's advice, I must note that I thought it was my imagination. But then, why did Marble's voice sound unfamiliar and not related to my own? Whoa, Jenny, that was absolutely incredible. Thank you for sending that in. Uh, we have had a lot of experiences with kids having imaginary friends in haunted locations where they end up not actually being imaginary friends. They end up being either positive or negative entities, depending on your perspective. Uh, sometimes they're there to get you into trouble, and sometimes they're there to help you. It looks like in your case, uh, whoever was speaking through your imaginary friend was definitely giving you the best advice. Uh, I'm not really sure how I could explain the footsteps. I believe you when you say that the door was sealed up, so if it was just you and your grandmother in the house, very difficult to think that there was somebody else up there. Uh, perhaps... You know, on speculation, maybe your grandfather in his passing, he was still in the location. Maybe that was why the room was sealed up. It would be interesting to know what your grandmother's take would be on that. Uh, maybe it was a favorite room of his or something like that. And she just couldn't bear for that room to be disturbed after he passed. 
at any rate, thank you, thank you, thank you for sending in your story. Really appreciate that. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I'd like to thank Chris and Jenny and Catherine for being willing to share their stories with us to be able to share with you guys on this episode. Remember that without those stories, this podcast just wouldn't happen. So I really, really appreciate it. If you would like to share your stories, feel free to visit us on Facebook at True Paranormal, the podcast. Hit that email button at the top of the page and send us a message. We'll be glad to include it on a future episode. If you have any questions or comments about this or any other subjects that we have been going over on a podcast, feel free also to either post something or to go on the podcast episode post and just comment away. We'll be glad to answer any questions that you might have. In the meantime, my name is Leo Rizzuti. This is True Paranormal, the podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.